Please join me in prayer. Guide us, holy God, by your word and spirit. Pour out upon us wisdom and understanding, that having heard your scripture, our hearts and minds would be open to receive all you would have for us. Guide us to a life of holiness and truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the year 1995, an Oregonian woman from my home state named Cheryl Strayed embarked on an 1,100-mile journey, starting in the south of California through Oregon up to Washington along a hiking trail known as the Pacific Crest Trail. In 2012, she published a book and talked about this journey and named it Wild. It was immediately declared an Oprah's book club pick, and a few years later, it was popularized in a Reese Witherspoon movie. At the core of the book, self-discovery, taking a journey of that and difficulty, not unlike climbing Mount Everest, is supposed to be a journey of preparation and discipline and wondering if you can stand your own company for the end of three months by the end of that time. Strayed took this journey because she had been devastated by key losses in her life. Her mother died from lung cancer at a very young age. She and her husband got divorced and she made poor decisions when it came to drugs and substance abuse. And yet through the book, you see that her humor and her lack of preparation make it an engaging read, as by the end of the story, you see she has come to realize her self-discovery and appreciation is that life is what we make of it. The book ends with the lines, my life, like all lives, is mysterious and irrevocable and sacred, so very close, so very present, so very belonging to me. How wild it was to let it be. Wilderness, in scripture, is a very similar type of place as the hiking trail. It's a place of transformation and self-discovery. What defines a place as wilderness compared to the civilized world is that it was land that resisted human ownership. Humans were not able to naturally scavenge for food and they weren't able to produce an agricultural environment. And so the wilderness became a place of solitude and aloneness because it was uninhabited. It was a deserted place, a lonely region, a place that there was no aid from friend or stranger. And yet that is where Jesus is prompted to go by the Spirit of God, just as he begins his ministry, right after the baptism he receives. And he would continue this rhythm of being in community with his disciples and followers and friends and going into times of solitude and prayer, almost as if both are necessary for the Christian journey. As Christians today, we begin the season of Lent, 
when the days lengthen and we take time to be more introspective and disciplined about our journey with God. Similar to the season of Advent, which is four weeks of preparation toward the good news of Christmas, this time we spend six weeks and we journey toward the good news of Easter. However, it is, Easter is a little less commercialized than Christmas is, so we tend to have more time and ability to actually focus on the reason for the season during this Lent. At the very least, in culture, there doesn't seem to be any equal equivalent to what we have specifically today in Ash Wednesday. We have plenty of people to, who are willing and able to celebrate Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday, regardless of their religious orientation. Feasting, the world understands perfectly well. But fasting and abstinence and solitude, this does not compute. Because of course, the reason and the way that we know ourselves and that we are truly happy is to give ourselves anything we could possibly want, right? And so we spend our time finding that exact right job that is perfect for us, that's going to be meaningful and fulfilling to us. Or at least we seek to make enough money so that we can pay for all the things that give us joy. But during Lent, Christians for centuries have practiced the art of not doing exactly what they wanted to do. Instead, they did something hard that required discipline. Not because by fasting they would live into their New Year's resolution of losing that weight and be ready for spring break, but because by fasting we are reminded of our constant dependency on God. Just like the people of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness being dependent on God every single day for their daily bread, for manna from heaven that would be provided, so we too also are dependent on God always. And yet we go about our lives as if we, and only we, are completely in control. The wilderness takes the illusion of that control away. It reminds us of how fragile we are. We are simply dust, and to dust we shall return. During the season of Lent, we consider not what we have always wanted, but we immerse ourselves in the life of Christ. We especially think about his final days as he went toward the cross, a sacrificial life. We seek to discern if our daily lives are reflecting the way Christ would have us live. Pope Francis reminds us to fast from things like words that hurt, anger, selfishness, grudges, and to do that in order to foster the opposite type of practices, kind words, gratitude, patience, hope, trust in God, prayerfulness, compassion to others, reconciliation with others, and even silence itself. During Lent, we also consider our own mortality. We journey with our Savior who submitted himself to death. We grieve the presence of death and sin in our world as we encounter the world's brokenness. 
We do not try and pretend like everything is all right, like a constant party. Instead, we face our mortality and the mortality of our loved ones head on. Feasting and fasting exist side by side, sorrow and rejoicing all together in one in the Christian life. Last year in March 2019, theologian and writer Rachel Held Evans wrote her final blog post at the beginning of Lent. She invited readers to journey with her by reading books together, books about justice and about what it meant to be Christian community. Because she wanted to face the wilderness of Lent not alone, but with others. And yet she did not get the chance to take that journey. Just a few weeks after she wrote this post, she suddenly got sick. And a few weeks after that, died in early May at the age of 37. This is what she wrote in that final blog. She said, it strikes me today that the liturgy of Ash Wednesday teaches something that nearly everyone can agree on. Whether you are part of a church or not, whether you believe or whether you doubt, you know this truth deep in your bones. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. She goes on to say, death is a part of life. My prayer for you this season is that you make time to celebrate that reality, to grieve that reality, and to know that you are not alone. Jesus' aloneness in our passage today, as he's in the wilderness, is a hard thing to watch. And yet, for each test that is thrown at him, he responds with a quotation from Deuteronomy, focusing on God's promises in Scripture. The Scriptures, as God's Word, serve as his companion and guide while he's in the wilderness. Even when the devil tries to quote Scripture and twist it into something it's not, Jesus responds with faith and trust in the God he learned about growing up in the synagogue hearing and learning these scriptures by heart so they are part of him. And he knows how these scriptures fit into the larger story about who God is and how God loves. Unlike our own stories, we know the end of Jesus' journey. We know that just days before his death, he is once again going to be engaged in prayer This time, instead of being in the wilderness, he's in a garden. Perhaps gardens are the natural opposite of wilderness. A garden is a place where beauty has been cultivated and created for humanity's sake. It needs to be watered and nourished in community. Yet both places, wilderness and garden, are full of beauty. So whether you find yourself in a place of beauty that you have fashioned for yourself, or whether you find yourself in the solitude of a wilderness journey, look for the desert flowers that God has provided for you in the place of wilderness. 
Look for the angels, the messengers of God that are provided for you to nourish you and give you strength. Immerse yourself in scripture because when you are in relationship with God through God's word, even when you are utterly alone, you can trust that God is with you and you are a beloved child of God. We are dust and to dust we shall return, but God has breathed life into us through God's spirit and these dry, dusty bones will live and flourish and embrace our journey in the wilderness. One reason I'm so intrigued by the story of Cheryl Strayed is because she picked her own name after her divorce as a mark of transformation and new life. She renamed herself Strayed because she knew that the journey of life is not always one that is straightforward, but that she would wander and stray from the path time and time again. With Cheryl Strayed as inspiration, know today that in addition to your given name, God gives you the name Beloved. Wherever we are on this, whatever tests that come before us, wherever you wander in the wilderness, let us all believe, as Jesus did, that God's steadfast love and faithfulness will hold on to us and surround us so that we have hope and comfort and fortitude for the journey ahead. Thanks be to God.